0: Well, it's great to be with you today. If we've not met, my name's Aaron, and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, one of the things I I love about my job is uh, to be able to do this, to open up God's Word and look at it together. And so that's what we're going to do now as we um, continue our time together. And we're going to look at this passage that um, Emily just read for us. But um, to set up kind of where we are, if you're just jumping in today, we're in a sermon series uh, that we've called Delighting in Our Dependence, The Gift of Being Human. And in this series, we're using a book called You're Only Human by Kelly Kapick to help us think about the limits, particularly the good limits that you and I have as, as human beings and what it looks like for us to embrace those. We often try to overcome our limits or try to fight back against them, but we've been talking about what, what would it look like for us to actually embrace them and see that God wants us to do that. And, and what does it look like for us to live well in light of them. And so we've been talking about this now for nine weeks. And starting today, we've we've got four sermons left. And what we're going to do in these last four sermons is we're going to transition sort of from what to how, um, from what these limits are and what it might look like for us to embrace them to to how do we do that? Like practically, what does that look like? And so for the next four weeks, we're going to look at four things that we can practically do in order to embrace our limits and live in light of them. And today, this morning, we begin with the first one, which is this, embracing the rhythms and the seasons of our lives. So embracing the rhythms and seasons of our lives. And uh, last week, I I got a text from one of my really close friends that actually reminded me of the different seasons of life. Uh, He sent me a text with a link to a video that we had made together back in 2000. Seventeen. Uh, it was a video for a men's cookout event we used to do here at Hope. And if you've been at Hope a while, you may remember when we sent out a video for like every event that we used to do. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, but this friend had helped me make this video. And the video was me and Matt Hamm, who's our site pastor at our, at our Old Providence site, um, talking about this event, explaining what it was going to be like, encouraging Guys, come. it was a pretty normal video, except for some reason I'm wearing Matt's old football helmet from the Citadel in it. I've, I don't know why I was doing that. We were laughing about this video. Uh, my friend and I were texting about it a little. What really hit us was that even though it was only six years ago, like how different our lives are now. Because at that point, both of us were in our 20s. We'd been married a few years. We were in the early stages of our careers, we didn't have any kids. But now today, fast forward six years forward, we're not in our 20s anymore, we've been married a little longer, we've got a lot more responsibility at work, and we do have kids, small ones, and Sarah and I are gearing up to have our third in a few months in April, and so we're in a totally different season. And God's Word tells us that's how life works, that we move in and out of different seasons, as time goes on. And this is, this is what the author of Ecclesiastes tells us in a passage that Mark taught on a few weeks ago when we, we talked about living in limited time. But the author of Ecclesiastes says this in Ecclesiastes 3.1. He says, For everything there is a season. And there's a time for every matter under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up And Kelly Capix says in his book, one of the keys for us to learning to live within our limits is is for us simply to be aware of this. And to know what season we're in, when we're in it, and and to embrace it and what it looks like, what it means for us. For for how, what our life should look like, how we should, where we should focus our time and energy, how much time and energy we actually have. And he says one of the things that prevents us from living within our limits is when we ignore this, when we ignore where we are, when we act like the seasons God has us in, don't matter, and they shouldn't affect us. Uh, You could think about it like when we live our lives, like if we were perpetually in a Walmart store, because it's open 24 hours, seven days a week, and so it's always the exact same. Like no matter how, when you go in there, you're like, I have no idea what time it is, right? That's how we often live. And it's hard not to live like that in the world that we live in, but it's really important that we learn to fight against this. And so today we're going to talk about it as we look at this passage from the end of John's gospel where the resurrected Jesus comes to Peter and and starts to talk to him about a a new stage of his life that he's leading him into. And and I know I'm excited to look at this because I really need this. And so we're going to look at it and we're going to see three things that can help us. Number one, what Jesus calls us to in different seasons of life. Second, our natural response to his call. And then third, how we can respond to his call in whatever season that we're in. So we're going to look at those three things. And let's start with this first point, what Jesus calls us to in different seasons of life. And that's what we see here in this conversation he's having with Peter. And many of you may know Peter's story and what's happening here, but let me just catch us all up on what's happening. So Peter was one of Jesus's 12 disciples, and he's one of the 12 guys Jesus called to follow him, to Uh, teach and train to be with him for three years and he's the functional leader of the group but just before he was betrayed by Judas and taken away to be crucified Jesus told Peter that he was going to deny him and not just once but three times he was going to deny that he even knew him and Peter's a very confident like self-assured person sometimes to a fault and so when Jesus told him this he's like no way I'm never going to do that I'll, I'll literally rather die but as confident as he was just like Jesus said, that's what happened. He denied him. And in this scene we're looking at, Jesus is now risen from the dead, and he's come to find Peter, to restore him, to show him that he loves him, that he, he forgives him, and he actually still wants to use him in a big way to lead and shepherd his people. And so we're dropping in at the end of this conversation, and we see Jesus telling Peter that as he takes up this calling, he's going to lead him into a new season of his life. And here's what he says in verse 18, he says to Peter, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. He says, Peter, when you were younger, you lived a life of independence and of abundance. You could dress yourself, you could go where you wanted to go. But now I'm leading you into something different, into a season of dependence, and a season where you're not going to lead yourself. Uh, but actually a season where somebody's going to lead you ultimately where you don't want to go, which John tells us is going to be his death for the glory of God. The beginning of verse 19, he says, this Jesus said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. But Jesus says to Peter, he says, I'm leading you into something new. And he tells him what he wants him to do, what he's calling him to do as he leads him into this new season of life. The end of verse 19, after saying this, he said to him, follow me Peter from this point forward as I lead you from here all the way to your death with all the seasons you're going to you're going to come in and out of in between now and then here's what I want you to do follow me follow me and Peter has a unique calling right he does he's an apostle we're not but what Jesus is saying to him is the same principle we can apply to us as we move in and out of different seasons Like Peter, Jesus wants you and I to follow him wherever we are, wherever he has us in the moment, whatever season of life we may be in. But now what does that mean to follow Jesus, right? Because that's kind of a Christian-y thing to say, like to follow Jesus. So so what does that actually mean? Well, well, think about what it literally means to follow somebody. So imagine you're with a group of people and you're trying to go somewhere, and and let's imagine it's somewhere with a lot of people, somewhere it's super crowded, maybe a sporting event or a concert or a crowded part of a city. And only one person in the group knows where they're going. And so they look at the whole group and they say, hey, follow me, right? And so what do you do in that scenario? Well, that person gets out in front, you're behind them and you, you look at them, right? You focus on them and then they start moving and you move behind them, trusting that they're going to take you where you need to go. And hopefully they actually do, right? Hopefully, hopefully they do know where they're going. And following Jesus is like that. And to follow him, you got to fix your eyes on him. you got to focus on him, and you got to trust him with where he's leading you. And, and that's, what, that's what he's calling you and I to do in the different seasons of our lives, even the season we're in today. And I think a lot of times we have a hard time even knowing what season we're in. So, so let's slow down here for a second and just, just take a second. Let me ask you, what season are you in right now? As you sit here this morning, where are you? Are you in a season of abundance, or are you in a season of struggle? Are you in a season of joy, or a season of grief? Are you in a season of busyness, or things moving slowly for you? Are you a kid living at home with your parents, going to school? Are you just out of college? Have you been here a while? Are you single? Are you dating? Are you married? And if so, how's it going? Do you have any children? And if you do, how old are they? Are you in the stage for... I'm in where they're small and where it's so fun but so exhausting uh, where every night you're like, hey, tonight's the night. We're going to get back into our show. Um, but after you finish cleaning everything up and it's like 8.30, you look at each other, you're like, no, not tonight. we got to go to bed. We're so tired. Are, you ki- are your kids older? Are they out of the house? What about your work life? How's it going? Are you, are you in a busy season there? Are you in between jobs? Are you trying to figure out what you're supposed to do With your career? What about your community and your friends? Where are you with that? Where are you today? What season of life are you in? Wherever you are, Jesus wants you to follow Him there. He doesn't want you to be somewhere you're not, He doesn't want you to ignore where you are, but He wants you to trust Him where He has you. He wants you to look to Him so He can show you what this season means for the way you should live for what you should do, what you shouldn't do, where you should focus the time and energy. You, you have all of the above. He says, follow me. And so that's his call for us. But then we've got to talk about our natural response to this call because we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't naturally respond to it very well. And we get to see a picture of, of the way we naturally respond in Peter as he responds to Jesus This is one of those times where I I love how honest the Bible is, how real it is, how honest it is about our sin and and brokenness. Because look at this, like right after he has this, this beautiful moment of restoration, Peter denies Jesus and Jesus comes to find him so intentionally and restores him. And then after there's this weighty moment where he gives him this grand calling that he's about to lead him into, look at what happens. John tells us that Peter turned... And saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who had also leaned back against him during the supper, and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? All right, so Jesus had just told him, follow me. Look at me. Trust me with where I'm taking you. And what does Peter do? He literally turns around and looks at the guy behind him. It says, what about him? And isn't that great? And not, not great because he's doing something good. This isn't a good thing to do, but great because that's exactly what we do, isn't it? It's exactly what we do. Jesus has us somewhere, he has us in a certain season, and we have such a hard time being content. And so what do we do? Well, just like Peter, we take our eyes off of Jesus and we put them on somebody else who's in a different season. And we don't embrace Where he has us, we turn around and we look at our peers. The ones who are close to us, maybe the ones from our past that we keep up with on Instagram. And and we wish we were where they are. And it's not just our peers. We do this with our own lives too. In a sense, we turn around and we look at a, a season we used to be in. And we're nostalgic about it. Like, gosh, I wish I could just go back to where I was then. That was so much better or maybe we look, look to where we thought we would be at this point in life. And it's not that we always have to be completely happy about where God has us or that Peter should have been thrilled with this calling. Jesus says, I'm going to take you where you don't want to go. God does bring us into seasons we never would have wanted or never thought we'd be in. And he doesn't expect us to be like robots, like unaffected when they're in them. Just, just read the Psalms. But the point is, we take our eyes off of him. And what happens when we do this is exactly what happens when we're we're trying to follow somebody in a crowded place and we take our eyes off of them. We get lost. And what this looks like in light of what we're talking about is it it looks like us starting to live out of sync with the season we're in. And so we set goals and we have expectations for ourselves that don't match up with where we are. No matter what's going on with us, we try to be it all, we try to do it all, we try to have it all. And then we experience shame and frustration because we can't. And so we look in the mirror or we lay our head down on the pillow at night, and instead of hearing God's voice of compassion, we hear our own voice of condemnation, All right? Like, I, I can't believe how little I got done today. Like, oh, I was such a bad friend. I never responded to that text message. Like, I'm a I'm so frustrated. I I still haven't finished that project at work. I was supposed to finish last week. And and when I got home this afternoon, the whole time I was with my family, like that's all I was thinking about. And that that describes where I am right now so much of the time. Because I don't want to submit to where God has me. I don't want to submit to my humanity, to the limits I have. I want to live well in the stage that I'm in, but I also still expect to be able to live like I did when I was that guy with the football, football helmet on in that video six years ago, right? Except for the helmet, I can leave, I'm fine to leave that, that behind, that's okay. But I want to have it all, and I fight so hard to try to have it all. And I don't know what it looks like for you today, but Jesus is like, hey, why don't you just submit to where you are? follow me why don't you let go of this mentality that you can and that I want you to be able to do it all and and just be the human being I made you to be where you are right now and so the last thing we need to talk about then is how can we do that how can we respond to this call Jesus gives us in whatever season of life we're in well, it's not something that, that's obvious here in the text, but there is something really helpful here in verse 22 when Jesus responds to Peter after he turns around and looks back at John, who's the guy that is unnamed, but that's who he's looking at. And so verse 21 again, Peter saw him, saw John. And he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And so he tells them, hey, don't worry about him. You follow me. But the thing that's encouraged me this week as I've looked at this, is this little phrase he says here, my will. If it's my will that he does this. And what's encouraged me so much is is thinking about this and and what he's saying here. Because he's saying to Peter, Peter, I've got a very specific will for John. Just like I've got a very specific will will for you, one that I'm personally invested in. And where I have you is my will for you. And I want you to think about that. When you think about what God is doing in your life, how do you think about it? And what I mean is, does does it seem generic? Or does it seem personal? Do you think Jesus could say that about you? I've got a will for you. This is my will for you, and the season you're in today is, is a part of that. But it's not only that he has a personal, specific will for us. It's the heart behind the will. And, and what do I mean by that? Well, do you know that, that Jesus has done exactly what he's calling us to do, what he's talking about here? Because when he came and lived as a human, human being on earth, he did exactly what he's telling Peter to do in this passage and exactly what he's telling us to do. He trusted God he submitted to him in every season of his life. From the time he was born through every season growing up. Luke, in Luke 2, the only account we have of Jesus, when he wasn't either a baby or a fully grown adult, when he's 12 years old, Luke tells us this in Luke 2.52, that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. But Jesus grew he was always submitting to the seasons God had him in, to his will. And then as an adult, he told his disciples in John four thirty four, it's literally my food to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So he always did this. Jesus was always about the will of his father. But where did that will lead him? Well, it led him to the cross where even though Jesus had perfectly trusted his father and had followed him for his entire life, he was cast out and forsaken as if he hadn't. For us. Because we haven't. And he invites us to put our faith in him and what he's done for us so that we won't be, so that we won't be cast out and forsaken, but brought in into the love and acceptance of God. And see, when you see this, those words, my will, they hit you a lot differently. Because you see that the one who has such a personal and specific will for you and who calls you to trust him is the one who loves you this much. And you can start to see that God's not working generically in your life. But he's working very intimately and very personally. And you can start to see that what he's doing is he's writing a story. He's writing this grand and epic story to help you know and believe this. And this is what Dan Allender talks about in the quote that's on the front of your bulletin in his book, To Be Told, which is all about story. He says that that God is not merely the creator of our life. He is also the author of our life. And he writes each person's life to reveal his divine story. There has never been nor ever will be another life like mine or like yours. Just as there's only one face and name like mine, there's only one story like mine. And God writes the story of my life to make something known about himself, the one who wrote me. And the same is true for you. Your life and mine not only reveal who we are, but they also help reveal who God is. So what would it look like for you to start seeing your life this way? What would it look like for you to start seeing the seasons of your life this way as just parts of a a bigger whole as chapters in a greater story with this author writing it. So when you see that, what can happen is you can start to submit where Jesus has you, to follow him where you are. But more than that, it's not only that you can submit, but you can start to be filled with a, a curiosity and a wonder. Not just, okay, Lord, I, I guess I'll trust you there, sort of begrudgingly, But Lord, what are you doing? What are you trying to teach me? What are you you trying to do in me right now? What are you you trying to give me? Like for me personally, in the season I'm in right now, what what are you trying to teach me about letting go? About experiencing you in in the chaos as much as experiencing you in the quiet? What are you teaching me about learning to to deny myself and and become more of a servant? We can start to see it this way, look at our lives like this, and whether it's a year or a month or a day, we can, we can start to open our hands and live like this and embrace where we are and trust him as he leads us. In the first part of the Lord of the Rings, the, the Fellowship of the Ring, there's this, this great scene where Sam and Frodo are, are kind of, they're, they're into this, this journey they're on that they never expected to be on, and, and they're this moment where they're talking about it, they're kind of reflecting on, where they are. They've been caught up in this, this big story that's bigger than they could have ever imagined just a, a short time earlier when they were just hobbits living in the shire. And they've got this great conversation where Sam says this to Frodo. He says, Sam, I, or Sam says, I wonder what sort of tale we've fallen into. I wonder, replied Frodo, but I don't know. And that's the way of a real tale. Take anyone that you're fond of, you may know or guess what kind of tale it is, happy ending or sad ending, but the people in it don't know and you don't want them to. And I love that because when Jesus calls you and me to follow him, he calls us into something like that. A real tale, a story that's going to take us in and out of all kinds of different seasons of life and our job isn't to figure it out. It's not to uh, to try to be and do everything in all those seasons. It's just to keep our eyes fixed on him and simply to be where we are. And so wherever you are this morning, whatever your season season you're in today, uh, if you want to be human, if you want to learn to live within the limits God has given you and flourish within them, this is one of the keys in the season you're in today to follow him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for this call. Um, Thank you that we can know that you are writing our stories, Lord, and that you are doing more than we can imagine. And we confess that's really hard to believe, and so we ask that uh, you would help us to believe it. Give us the faith uh, to see our lives this way. Uh, Lord, the humility to submit to where you have us, um, and the joy of knowing um, that you're what you're doing is you're, you're giving us something. You're giving us yourself. You're revealing more and more of who you are to us in just the ways that we need where we are. And so ask you you continue to do that. And um, again, open our eyes and hearts to believe it and see it. I ask in Jesus' name, amen.